Hey everyone, it's Abadesi, your host of Product Hunt Radio, where I'm joined by the founders, investors, and makers that are shaping the future of tech. In this episode, I speak to Bill Loundy and Jeff Camera, the co-founders of ReadUp, all about how to improve your focus in a world of distraction. ReadUp is a social reading platform, a way to find, read, and share articles and stories online, powered by a global community of readers who believe you should read an article before commenting on it. I know it sounds simple, but how many of you are just like me and stop at the headlines before launching into debate? In this interview, we take a long, hard look at the attention economy and how our online behavior impacts our habits and the world around us. Enjoy. Bill and Jeff, thank you so much for being here on Product Hunt Radio today. This is, I think, the first time I'm recording with a tag team such as yourself. So thank you. Yeah, we're the best tag team you'll ever meet. So (laughs) thank you for having us. Amazing. So in our community are makers at various stages of the journey. Some are many years into their product being on the market. Some are still formulating pre-launch, but it's always incredible to have makers working in really innovative spaces and trying to do really challenging things on the show to tell us a bit about how it's going. And I think what's really cool about ReadUp is you have this really bold mission to make people read more. And um, I had a conversation with our head of social media the other day. I'm sure he won't feel bad for me mentioning this, but he he talked about how he doesn't have the attention span to read. And everyone kind of nodded along. And it, it to me, illustrated the scale of the challenge. Uh, but before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty, I thought it might be fun for you to just tell us a bit about what you do and the origin story behind it. Totally. And uh, I'm, uh, I can totally relate to what you just described. I've had the feeling when looking at a YouTube video that's like seven minutes long, I'm just like, oh man, I don't have time to watch that whole thing. So I think, yeah, everyone is uh, experiencing that, um, the problem of feeling like you're losing your attention span. But yeah, that's, that's the problem that ReadUp, it was built to address. And it wasn't initially what we set out to do, but ReadUp is now... Uh, an alternative to the existing social media landscape. Um, We refer to the company as a social reading platform versus a social media platform. And the reason for that is because we're we're basically just trying to re-centralize the act of reading, reading with focus and with attention, and then everything else that you love about social media, so talking to other people and connecting, um, is basically built on top of reading as the, the central um, aspect of the product. Amazing. And so talk us through the story behind your idea to build this. Was it born out of your own personal frustrations? Was it a response to the trend that you saw going on at a higher level? I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, totally. So um, the, the first thing, just zooming out a little bit, is Jeff and I have been friends since we were in preschool. So we have started several businesses together. We've you know been like hacking and doing all kinds of like both uh, technology stuff and also completely non-tech. You know, we like work on trucks and motorcycles and stuff together. So we, we enjoy working together. And I think we both have our own deep story with frustrations with social media, just like every single other human being on the entire planet, you know, like the, the stuff feels, um, you know, like it accomplishes a lot for us. And it's really important to everyday life. Now it's like intrinsic to the human experience, but also 
it's makes us anxious and makes us feel like we can't pay attention. It, it's like kind of just like rife with problems. So, but there was a very specific singular phone call. That yeah, was the totally. Do you story, want to, which is that? Sure. Well, Bill called me up, which um, would have been close to a little over two and a half years ago. And the original idea, um, just out of the blue, something that we hadn't discussed before was. Uh, just sort of lamenting about the quality of comments in the comment section below articles that we would read. And uh, yeah, the idea was what if we could just keep the people who haven't read the article fully from being able to leave their comment? You know, that resonated with me. I, you know, I am not a huge social media user, but I, I use Reddit a lot. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, basically a, you know, a tired meme at this point that did you even read the article and, you know, just the, the comments not corresponding to, you know, even questions that would have been answered in like the first couple sentences. So, uh, yeah, we, we started kicking around the idea. I've been working as a software developer. Um, and so the, the original idea was to build a Chrome extension that would be able to detect whether or not someone has read an article. Um, and then originally it was going to be like, sort of a discus style, you know, comments embed that would appear below articles. Um, and that was the original kind of, uh, yeah, like spark this of the whole thing off. Definitely a frustration for sure. That, no, I, I, and we still talk about this every day. Like it's just unbelievable and unreal. No one should be allowed to comment on something they haven't read. <laughs> that's for example, like that's not how it works in the real world. You know, it'd be totally bizarre if you just like walked up to a table where a couple people were like, you know, talking for the last hour and just started talking at them. You know, that's a strange thing. Yeah. Like the, the best way to have a really productive conversation with anybody about anything is to take some time and to listen. Talk to me about the, the point where you went from having this rather brilliant idea of having a Chrome extension that showed you whether or not you'd read the article or showed you whether or not someone else had read the article to having a new take on a community, like, cause ultimately it's evolved into that, right? It's now a community where people can, can surface great reads. Totally. And you know, the, the thing that I'll emphasize here was that the, the problem with being a business around a Chrome extension is pretty obvious. It's a, it's a growth problem. Um, you know, basically the idea, I think we both still think is a great one if we can have it adopted widely. No one should be allowed to comment on anything they haven't read. However, if you kind of like, you know, think about this from an implementation perspective, the idea of having to have people opt in to add a Chrome extension to keep track of what they read, you know, about, I guess, maybe like six months into this thing, um, we just realized that it's a really challenging chicken and egg problem because, you know, there's just so many steps to get people to sort of like verify what they've read. And, and we had several hundred users and a couple, you know, people were you know, dribbling some comments in, but it wasn't nearly at the scale that we needed it to be at. So at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was like two years ago, we just started thinking of all different kinds of applications that our core technology is capable of. You know, we started with literally just building a read tracker that had no user interface or there was no website where you could even leave the comments or anything like that. So that was the, sort of the core of, uh, you know, of the product at the time. And when we, it took quite a while to build that. And then when we finally had a public facing website where users could install the extension and, you know, comment on the articles, just not, first of all, we always took privacy very seriously. So you could never, without explicitly 
you know, indicate that you've read an article. You could certainly never see what everyone's, you know, their private reading history. But as far as surfacing the articles, which, you know, you talked about, if multiple people would read the, the a given article to completion, that would allow it to be surfaced on the homepage of the site. And, um, but the reads would be anonymous. So you can only see that, you know, X amount of users invested this amount of time in reading the article. And so even without the comments, seeing these sort of collisions of people, re, you know, investing their time to read an article uh, to completion, you know, spending the time and then having the article being surfaced, even without the comments, that's what, and then find, and they were great articles. So we're seeing yeah. these things just, you know, sort of come out of the ether with um, the users who have opted into having the extension. And that's where I think, you know, we saw firsthand that this is, was just sort of an emergent phenomenon of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting, unique indicator of what's worth reading is what other people invested their time in to reading. <laughs> yep. And, and there were other um, kind of like just weird moments early on when we realized, um, you know, just kind of like it's a strange thing, just like when you see a piece of information that you're like, oh, that's interesting, that's new, that's relevant. For me, a big aha moment happened when we first started using the Chrome extension on ourselves. I was an English major and I'm like a big time reader. I've always identified as a reader. I love reading and got this Chrome extension installed, had this idea about cleaning up comments and fixing civil discourse, but had like a crazy moment of clarity about, you know, a month after using this thing on myself where I realized I don't even finish articles. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I, I look at like 50 to a hundred articles every single week, but because we built a really profound tracking mechanism, it shows me crystal clear. You only finished two of those or one of those. And that was like really, so this is like a crazy little side note in our history, but for like six months, we were trying to be Fitbit for your online reading, plug into our service, get this data for yourself, and you can actually improve your online reading habits by, you know, just measuring your ability to focus and your ability to pay attention. And, and you know, hundreds of users signed up for that reason alone and are, are still kind of using the technology in that way to, you know, keep track of how they're doing online. It, it comes back to that thing we were saying before about attention spans and whatnot. It's kind of a nerve wracking thing when you see just how perpetually distracted we are on the internet. Mm -hmm. That's the status quo. When you're online in 2019, you're just moving. Or I'm looking at Jeff's computer right now. He's got like 72 tabs open. Like that stuff freaks me out. And, and I think part of what we're trying to do now is, is help people to just focus and just, you know, just do one thing at a time while you're online. And right now to read like a 30 or 40 minute really beefy article, maybe something that's in like, Vanity Fair or GQ or The New Yorker, you have to sit and think. And 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 what what we do now is is we help you do that. We we make reading something that you can actually focus on. Yes, I love that. It's so interesting. I was just kind of floating on your homepage again as as you were talking and this idea of incentivizing thoughtful deep reading is huge because we are so overwhelmed with content. And in many ways, I feel like in addition to helping practice using that muscle, strengthening that focus muscle, what's great about the community is that it also helps cut through the noise. 
So it's also a place where, you know, like-minded, conscious folks are also saying, hey, here's something that actually was really easy to focus on because it's incredibly captivating. It's really interesting. Why don't you check it out? So I feel like there's um, two dynamics at play. One, getting better at focusing and reading. And then two, making sure that when I am applying my focused reading, I'm doing it to the best content that's been published today. And I think that's really cool. I am totally guilty of reading a headline and being like, got it, know that. <laughs> I'll bring that into the dinner table discussion. Every human on the planet has done that before. It's hard not, the internet is built to make us do that. You know, that's how, how social media functions. It's a, it's a, you know, it's been referred to as a slot machine or a roulette wheel or whatever. But the point is that's like a, a well-established convention of social media. Bite-sized pieces of information that, that hit you like a, you know, an ongoing wave versus sitting with one individual piece of content for, for a longer amount of time. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to switch gears a bit. I feel we've gotten great insight into the origin story, you know, hacking together this Chrome extension, evolving into the community, which we have today, surfacing the best new free content um, letting folks develop that ability to focus and, and focus on that one thing, you know, reading that one great piece of content. I want to hear a bit about the future of ReadUp. When you both think about the goals for the community, for the company, what do some of those milestones look like? That's an awesome question. And it's, it's a challenging one for us because we're just a two-person team. So we're like, I mean, we had a late night last night on the most boring stuff that I won't tell you about. And right, just in details yeah, constantly. Totally. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely a really good one. I was just going to say, do you want to answer that question? I, yeah. I have, I have a, an idea about what I think we want to see for the world, really, frankly, which is that in, in five or ten years, it should be easier to share and to talk to other people and to, to engage with, with content online. I mean, for me, it got so... The, the idea of just trying to engage with the world, especially these last couple of years, got so difficult that it just seemed like it made more sense to completely pull the plug. So our ambition for for this company is not just to create a really vibrant community, but actually that this technology and that these ideas proliferate across the web. And so what that looks like is a general slowing down and a general sense that there's more room for more thoughtfulness online, on the internet in general. But we have, we have huge plans. I mean, the, the main thing I think, um, we're just like getting comfortable saying this, I guess, but if we're successful, we want for people to think about us as an alternative to the biggest social media companies on the planet. So Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, people are using those platforms to try to find information. We want to be a player in that field. And then also we want for the ways that we're improving the field to kind of like proliferate across the web in general. I love that. I think there's absolutely a movement towards being more mindful in every, every way that we operate, whether that's like a, a, a you know, capitalism that has more of a conscience or consumer decisions that uh, are more meaningful. And, you know, what we haven't yet mentioned, but it's absolutely what we're talking about is the attention economy, right? Like we know that we are deep within it. And I think calling it out for what it is and then giving individuals the tools to get their attention back and be in control of it is really powerful. 
Totally. So I'm so glad you said attention economy yeah. first, because it's like my favorite thing to take a riff on. But we actually, and this is, I'm stealing Jeff's idea from like a week <laughs> ago, but, but basically he was like, we are an attention economy and we're proud to be an attention economy. The other companies that are currently, that we refer to as attention economies, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, they're actually distraction economies. Their business model is is profitable because of the way in which it distracts you that's the reason why it's hard to read on those platforms because if you read something over there no you know people no one's making money on that they make money by getting you to see ads and so it's this like fundamentally distinct thing from what we do but yeah actually you know what what we're doing is measuring very precisely the amount of of you know, time and engagement that you have on an article. And then we are attaching your kind of reputation, your experience to that. So in some ways, we actually are like a true attention economy, if that makes sense. I love that. No, that's incredible. And I think it's so important to describe these things and articulate these things, because without a way to label them or name them, it becomes really difficult for people to understand them and control them. So I think that's awesome. I think I think that's really great. And I'm excited to see where this goes, and maybe even like what other parts of the attention economy, or rather avoiding distraction, you, you help us uh, learn more about and combat, because that's really exciting. It's a little bit of a, a backtrack, but you mentioned like thoughtfulness before and mindfulness. I, I have a lot of, I, I actually used to teach yoga and meditation. I don't do it anymore, but I, I've been thinking about, you know, just like, like everyone in the world, like how, how to reduce anxiety in life and how to reduce the noise and how to just have like a generally more peaceful existence. And what I found is that it's hard to just tell yourself to do that. You know, like we need... We need tools and we need technology to help us. And when I use ReadUp, I'm actually not like, I'm not going on there and trying to be thoughtful. You know, like I don't go on there and say, I'm going to leave a really nice comment right now. The thing does that for me. You know, like I don't have to, I don't have to like work so much hard on self-control because it's very simple. If I finish an article, then I've earned the right to comment on it. And usually after I've spent 20 or 30 minutes, like thinking really deeply about a topic, even if it's a complicated one, you know, like something about race or gender or, you know, like affirmative action, guns, birth control, there's like a lot of stuff that's really hard to talk about online or just hard to talk about in general. But for me, the idea of like just that moment when you finished reading something is actually a moment of of good, calm clarity. So the thoughtfulness is like intrinsic to the whole thing. We don't have to like tell people, Hey, we're a community where you got to be thoughtful. It's just built in. If that makes, makes sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I feel that the way you've designed the platform also lends itself to being optimized for people to just read. And then when they've read it, share. And I just thought it might be quite good at this juncture to hear a bit more about the product design itself, because you have taken like a super minimalist approach. And I'm assuming that's because going back to what we were saying earlier about the distraction economy, there are a lot of platforms that are just focused on like getting your eyeballs here to that ad, to this ad, doing a bit more of that, etc. It feels like you've taken a very consciously minimalist approach because you just want people to read. <laughs> Tell me more about this. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, 
incredible to hear because I, should we just take credit for that? Or I, I think the real reason, certainly that's part of it. And uh, it's been a conscious decision not to have like thumbnails next to all the articles and then pictures or giant, you know, logos of the publications. Like we definitely wanted it to look kind of like a newspaper or a book or, or have that aesthetic, but you know, more than anything, it's to, you know, neither Bill nor I are designers at all. Um, so I'm really just more than anything happy that that's the impression that you got. Um, because it's a real, you know, it's just the biggest hole in our skill set that we just don't have. It's just, it's just the two of us. And, uh, you know, we're able to cover a lot of the bases, but definitely not um, design and marketing for yeah, sure. So I was that's just, amazing. I was just going to add to that. It's not just uh, design, but marketing in general, you know, like trying to, to package this thing up and, and communicate really succinctly what we're all about. You know, like, like it, literally just yesterday, we we're having a really long conversation, which is like, on the homepage, are we, should we promote this thing as a utility versus a community? And I'm sure other people who are listening to this as entrepreneurs have the same questions all the time, but, you know, it's a utility, it's a community. And what's the long-term vision and how do we communicate that on the platform? Um, you know, we're 20 minutes into this call and just starting to like pull it apart, but it's a, it's a complete shift in the way that you use the web, you know, and, and trying to, trying to get that message out to the world is, is really complicated. So sometimes talking to you, it feels like you're actually better at summarizing what we're up to than we're able to do because we're like in the weeds on this stuff all the time. But yeah, no, I mean, what, what you noticed about the site, the, the minimalist approach was definitely intentional. It was a baseline thing, which is like the rest of the internet feels really loud and we want to be a place where the volume is turned down just a little bit so that you can have a little bit more clarity and calm and focus when you're going into whatever it is that you're doing, in this case, reading, and do it with, you know, at a slightly higher, or excuse me, lower, you know, vibrational energy. So, so that's what the simplicity is all about, and we're, we're glad that you've, you noticed it. If you're working on a startup or even just thinking about it, check out the new audio course, Launch a Startup, only on Knowable. You'll hear founders like Reddit's Alexis Ohanian and Everlane's Michael Praiseman, plus a whole team of business experts teach lessons on business planning, product development, fundraising, and everything else you need to know to get your startup going. The best part? You'll get $1,000 in AWS credits just for enrolling. Pretty sweet deal. Start listening today on the Knowable app or at knowable.fyi. That's knowable.fyi. Product Hunt Radio listeners get 20% off with the code LAUNCH at checkout. The question for any business owner out there is, are you confident that you've got the right numbers at your fingertips? Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. No more guessing, no more worry that what you don't know could kill your company. That's why NetSuite customers grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash product hunt. Set up your free demo and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash product hunt. 
That's netsuite.com slash product hunt. Awesome. That's incredible. So I feel like it's been great to get a bit more background on read up, you know, what that first version of the product looked like as the Chrome extension, how and why you sort of evolved to where you are now, both utility, both community. It's great hearing about your future ambitions to get this more focused approach to spending time online beyond just reading. I think that's incredible. Um, I want to spend a bit of time getting to know you as makers, as founders, as product creators, and um, just hear a bit more about what you have learned so far on the journey. I know you've known each other a really long time and you've built tons of things together, not just online, but maybe just starting with the challenges of actually getting something out there and getting something done. When I look at the Product Hunt Makers community, there's always a lot of conversations happening around ideas and validating ideas and tweaking ideas. And beneath all of that ultimately is a hesitation and a fear of shipping too soon, shipping too early, not realizing one's goals. Is this something you feel you've been able to get better at? And even as you think of changes you're going to be making to read up over the coming months, how do you overcome that internal battle of it's not ready yet so that you can keep moving forward? That's an awesome question. Yeah. It's it's really, I mean, we look at the thing sometimes, and I have no idea if this is an appropriate thing to say in this setting, and we absolutely despise it. Like it just looks like something that we're just like, is this really the product of... Like, have we been working as hard as I think we've been working for as many years as we've been doing that? And this is what we came up with. But it, to your point, it's just about like iterative improvements. And then, and so the flip side to what I just described is looking at a screenshot from like six months ago and being like, wow, we are moving really fast, you know, like, but, but how can you ever, you never really know. Like sometimes it just feels like we're moving at lightning speed and other times it feels like we're just totally like, you know, caught in a loop. The the truth is we're moving as fast as both of us can. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, there's a natural limit built in there. And as far as getting better at, at feeling, we, I definitely like thinking back to when we first um, had the public facing website, there was definitely that feel like a really strong feel. I remember like going back and forth, like, can we put this out there and ship totally. to like, and really having a lot of anxiety about that. Um, totally. But I feel like the thing that makes the, extreme indifference <laughs> that yeah. the rest of the world has to your ideas, I feel like is kind of helped with that. Like when we put it out there and the first time we like had the public facing site and posted it to, you know, Reddit and product hunt and like no one, you know, it's just like crickets. And then it's like, okay, so we have a lot of work to do yeah. and we don't have to be afraid of, you know, and, and the feedback. And then, you know, when we did it again and posted again and we, we would start to get, you know, more uh, feedback and it, it was generally positive and thoughtful. Like it, it wasn't like, yeah, it was definitely made up in our heads that we would put this thing out there and just, it would, that they, there were any, I, I don't even know what we were afraid of. Really. Totally. Yeah. It, it's yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both serial entrepreneurs and we both started businesses ourselves. This is our first time, or actually we've done a bunch of stuff together, but this is our first time like going all in on a, a, a concept and a company together I'm speaking very personally now, like I, even when things are really dark and like, it doesn't feel like things are connecting and making sense. And you just kind of have to still be like, 
you know, but we need to jump on the phone and do this podcast. <laughs> like you got, like, we're just like still trying to figure out where we can find more people and how we can bring it all together to have that kind of like moment of clarity that, you know, where suddenly we, we grow and expand and get big. For me, the way to survive that experience is to always remember how big the need is for what we're building and how, how big the industry is or the landscape is. You know, like every other social media platform has as their customer advertisers. They're not building things for end users. They're building, you know, it's their, their humongous businesses, but they're ultimately having to be profitable and make money. And, 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 and to do that, they have to do things to the end users like addict them to a feed and show them as many ads as possible. It's just, it's a simple, you know, optimization problem that they're, they're, they're locked into solving. Readup is, is so fundamentally different from all of that. And I feel so strongly, like, literally like in my soul, in my heart, that that should not be how it exists. Like it, it shouldn't be that we need to use advertising platforms that function like video games to share pictures of ourselves with our friends and family. That just, that doesn't make sense to me. And that's something that I think is just a sort of adolescent phase of the internet right now. Like, I think it's just one of those like weird things, which is just like too much growth too fast. And a lot of companies making a lot of money, but not really thinking about the impact that they have on individuals and society. So I feel great about what we're doing. I love what we're, you know, like, like all of the, the struggles and challenges of like the entrepreneurial lifestyle. When I, when I think about the fact that like, you know, we're going to keep working on that problem. It's amazing. It's exciting. But also all of this stuff requires like, you know, you have to just be humble about all of it. I mean, Jeff and I have really modest lives. We're like in our early thirties and a lot of our friends who've chosen more conventional paths have made it further. You know, we're still like, we're, we're truly like hustling and hacking away and trying to, I don't know. There's a bunch of like cliches that are embarrassing to stay out, stay out loud. It's like shooting for the stars. You know, we, we think that there's like, there's a one or 2% chance that this is, not only just a billion dollar idea, but also a world changing and internet shifting concept and company and product. So all of a sudden, when, when you're thinking at that level, all the other noise just melts away. And it's like, oh my God, like, you know, whatever, whatever catastrophe of the day it is, is just like, you know, we, we can sleep at night knowing how, how hard this problem is to solve and how important it is to figure out. And that's what makes it fun. And I assume that that's really something that unites, you know, everyone who gets into this line of work, which is trying to figure out how to make tech better for the world is just like such a massive, crazy, fun problem. I love that. It sounds like if I had to distill that into um, some some little nuggets of encouragement for folks who are listening and still finding it hard to ship themselves is one, like thicken your skin a bit. Like don't be too easily discouraged. You both mentioned early launches uh, on bigger platforms, online communities, and not getting a huge amount of traction, but not letting that you know, make you give up and just kind of taking it for what it was and moving forward and launching again and getting more traction again. And I think that's really useful advice because people need to 
really thick in their skin if they want to succeed in building products in this day and age, and especially in the game that you're in, where you're literally trying to shift industries and shift mindsets. Um, so that was that first one. Don't don't be easily discouraged by the results when you launch and ship. And then the other one was just remind yourself of the mission and why you're doing it. Go back to the purpose and let the purpose motivate you if those indicators that you're looking at aren't necessarily enough. Does that sound about right? Yeah, absolutely. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah you're better at this than we are. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's exactly, it's pick a problem that's personal for you because otherwise how could you care and how can you keep working on it? But it's funny because even that, uh, you know, in the, like, I, I feel like the, the Silicon Valley in quotes perspective on that is you don't want to get too personal with the problem, but I completely reject that notion. You know, I think it's really great to be like right in the belly of the beast. Jeff and I on read up are absolutely patient zeros. You know, like we are, we are on there arguing about politics. You know, we're on there like talking about, we're, we're using the thing to try to solve our own problem. And, and over the course of, time as it's evolving it's a personal experience for us and that's what makes it stay stay interesting and stay exciting um along the way i love that um it's really interesting because i saw in my read-up newsletter that one of gia tolentino's articles was like the most read um in recent days and i'm reading her book at the moment trick mirror and in the first chapter of Trick Mirror, she talks about her first foray into the web as a teenager and how the web in many ways was kind of like a secret garden where you could kind of just like poke around and then maybe stumble across something that you love, whether it, were, whether it was a personal blog or a community and fall in love with all these little hidden corners. And it's changed so much since then in, in the sense that, you know, we're distracted by everything. We don't even want to see half of the stuff that we're seeing. And we're trying to find our own way, you know, swimming, wading through it. What I like about you working on this issue in a way that feels so so personal, something that affects you is that you're also making the internet more fun again. <laughs> because when I was reading what she was saying about the joy of discovering things as opposed to being overwhelmed with things and having to cherry pick them, I thought it was so incredible. And I kind of forgot that the internet was like that. <laughs> the first chapter, uh, I think it's called There's No I in Internet. But that's, that's named, she, she was inspired for that particular essay um, by a book called The Shallows. It's like the... Uh, by a guy named Nicholas Carr. It was actually written like even before Facebook completely took over. And I think what, what, what Gia Tolentino is talking about there and what Carr has talked about extensively is it's a good positive thing in some ways to have access to all of the world's information. But what happened is we're all drowning in it. It's too much. It's too much too fast. And and literally as humans, we don't know how to take a step back and breathe and slow down and do what we want to do online. My, I, I had a, a moment about a week and a half ago. I was on my iPad. I was at a cafe and I read a Michael Chabon in the New Yorker article on ReadUp and there were no ads. I mean, ReadUp, when you're, when you're in an article, it's just text, you know, like black text on a white background, nothing, like there's nothing to get in the way. It feels just like reading a book. It took 45 minutes. I finished a cup of coffee. And at the end of it, I was just like, what just happened 
is a revolution. That doesn't, that's not something that the internet does for us, which is just like smaller, more like reasonable doses of information that you actually sit with for a long time. But, but that's what we're trying to do, which is, you know, kind of like help people who are having those, like, you know, too many experiences that are very shallow. But anyway, it's, it's a longer conversation because it, it, I, I actually think that it's having an impact on, on humans and society. Like, I, I, think, I think we're just becoming people who want to be experts on everything, you know, or at least know something about everything instead of knowing a lot about what really matters. For example, you mentioned the election in, in uh, England. I, I have no idea what's going on there. I tried to understand Brexit about six months ago, read, read three or four articles, and I just thought, like, I should know about that. And it's the same, like, you know, there was a really great article on Read Up recently about Afghanistan. And, and a couple weeks ago, it was, you know, North Korea. There, there's just like, there's a lot to take in. And for me, you know, a mark of, I, I think, my personal progress in this journey is I don't care about anymore just saying, I really don't know anything about that topic. But that's not usual now. You know, like, it's this, it's this thing about just like so much information that we kind of have to relearn how to remind ourselves, let's just like listen more and, and try to, you know, pick the things that we care about. And then we don't have to be experts on everything. Yes. Thanks so much for bringing that point up. Because when I have this conversation with other friends, you know, tech industry friends or just tech users, which everyone is now, everyone's using a tech product. So many people are developing quite a love-hate relationship with technology and the internet. And it frustrates me. I'm one of those people too sometimes, but I do feel that when we get frustrated by what happens online, what we're really getting frustrated with are the parts of being a human that get amplified online, whether that's, you know, being judgmental or like being too critical or speaking with authority on things we don't really have enough information about. And I hope the evolution of products like ReadUp and all the other makers that are kind of re-examining, you know, our the way we conduct ourselves online, I hope we'll take us back to a place where we can love the net again, like <laughs> instead of feeling like sometimes we love it most of the time we hate it and that sucks yeah totally i mean it is such a personal topic for me like i i really think that there's if you take it if you take control over the way that you use the internet you can profoundly shift the way that you think about it. And, you know, you just described it very well, but Jeff and I both have our own stories with, you know, how social media has kind of infiltrated our, our lives, I guess. But I got rid of my smartphone like five years ago and switched to a flip phone um, and, and really, and, and, and actually like completely uh, like, deleted all of my social media accounts. And, and not only was it enough to just switch to a flip phone, I had to get rid of my smartphone and really just like remove a lot of this uh, extra noise from my life. And now when I kind of, you know, reconnect with the internet, I just know how to do it on my own terms. But it's been a long and, and challenging experience of just realizing I'm not in control. 
And I think that's what a lot of people are having. And, and that's why we refer to, to social media use in some cases. If you're on there for four or five hours a day and you're just scrolling until two o'clock in the morning, it's a life problem. You know, like I, I don't think addiction is like, I, I, I should say, I think addiction is the word. And I think there's that slowly people are waking up to this. And like you said, uh, you know, everyone has a story to tell. It's just, I'm finding it like, it's almost like all day, every day, I'm just meeting people who just want to talk about, maybe it's because of the work that we do, but like everyone is trying to figure out how do I get my life back? You know, like how do I, how do I take control over my use of this stuff? The first thing you have to acknowledge is like, I'm kind of out of control. You know, like I need to like, the first, like identifying the problem and just saying, I want to like rein this all in and get a, like, you know, be more intentional about how I use this stuff. So it's not an easy thing to figure out. No. And it, it's not an easy thing to figure out, but I love that the conversations are happening. And I love that makers are also having these conversations because the products that we build have the most power to drive the change, which is incredible. Now, I'm also aware of the fact that we could talk about this all day and do like 10 podcasts all about it. <laughs> but I must let you get back to your read up lives and other lives. But before we go, I always like to ask our guests to talk a bit about the products that they love. It could be anything really like an app on your computer that you're obsessed with. It might be some like physical product you've just got for your home. Um, You know, our community are product lovers. So this is the bit of the podcast where we have a bit of fun and you get to recommend something for us. Well, I'm spending all day, every day in front of my computer, you know, programming read up. And, uh, that can be extremely unhealthy physically in addition to all the problems we were talking about of, you know, overconsumption of social media and, and, you know, spending too much time on the internet in general. But, uh, yeah, physically too, just sitting at a computer can be, um, it, it can have a huge impact on your, on your physical health. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's super important to just be aware of um, of that tool that it can take. And there are great products out there. Um, standing desks. Yeah, standing <laughs> desks. I love my stand. I love my uh, Kinesis Freestyle Pro. Um, it's a mechanical ergonomic keyboard. Um, and I also have, I, I was developing um, you know symptoms of uh, carpal tunnel syndrome too, and, and got a right angle. Uh, Evulent mouse, which is also fantastic. So, yeah, just being aware. It, it, yeah, if you're a programmer or someone else who's just spending hours and hours every day in front of a computer, just being aware of the ergonomics and, and your physical health, I think, is uh, extremely important. That is totally me and everyone that's listening. So, thank you. <laughs> totally. I have my, I mean, my response is like a, a similarly ergonomic hardware response, I guess, but. I am like, my favorite product in the world is books. It's always been books. If I had to choose books or the internet, like really it was a hostage situation and it was something for the rest of my life. And I had to like make the decision once and for all. I I honestly would take books and I would just go offline for the rest of my life. No problem. And, And I also, I think that it's not just that they are disconnected from everything else. You know, that's, I I think that's what people like, if you have a half an afternoon and you can grab a book and go somewhere where you can just be totally alone with the book and your thoughts, that for me is, is better than any app that has ever existed better than any piece of software or anything that I can do while looking at a screen. It actually, um, it feels, this is like, kind of like, you know, woohoo, hocus pocusy stuff, but like, it actually feels like it's, 
giving me energy rather than extracting energy, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it's something that I do to refresh myself and to feel happy, just like going for a run or having a good meal or just taking, taking some time off. I am perpetually on the prowl for digital things that do that. And I've tried like every meditation app under the sun and I've done a bunch of stuff, but it is like light years away, you know, and, and read up is trying to bridge that gap. We want to be, there's room to get screens closer to book pages or magazine pages or newspaper pages. And that's exactly what read up does right now. But in the meantime, the product I've always loved and recommend to everyone is just like, go to a library, get a book, go for a walk and sit and look at it. <laughs> it's life changing stuff. I feel you. I feel you. I feel like it's a privilege to have the pleasure of reading because I have lots of friends that are like, I can't read books. I don't get it. I, I've never been able to get into books. And um, like you, books are my refuge. Books are my friend. <laughs> Sounds so lame. Books are my friend, but I mean, genuinely they are. And like, there are so many moments that I just crave to be alone with a good book and it's so fun. But I, I do think that, yeah, maybe it is a privilege because I know so many people that have not been able to make that connection. However, maybe they're going to spend all this time on read up and then get really good at focusing. And then they're going to go to their library and they're going to be like, what? I love books. I can read forever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hope I hope you're exactly right. If if people kind of like, uh, I think there was a dating app that said like our goal is to like get you to delete the, us, yeah, Bumble or something like that. Where where it was like if if we're doing what we're doing, we're going to connect you with your lifelong match, and then you don't even need this app anymore. Um, but we also we we don't want to graduate people to books because we want people to always have read up. But if if someone used read up and then found their way to books and their read up time started dropping because they were spending more time reading books, that is like an absolute victory for you know that 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 to us is is basically the you know the the way that we envision someone finding this thing if they're not if they don't really consider their themselves readers for now we're we're definitely focused on on people who already read books a lot because it's an easier target audience for us but as we continue to grow exactly as you just described we want to help more people find the joy of reading so that they might eventually even you know find their way to like the the holy grail which is just sitting somewhere with a book but I'm with you 100%. I'm so, and I'm so glad you like describing it as like a spiritual thing. I, I'm like, when you say books are my friend, I'm just like, oh, yeah, we could be friends because <laughs> long days with just books feel, feel very, very full and very happy to me. Um, but uh, we're, we're a unique breed for sure. <laughs> Incredible. So for folks who are listening and want to find out more, maybe follow what you're up to online, join your community. Where should they go? readup.com. It's, uh, it's very easy to sign up. It takes about, you know, a minute. Uh, the best experience by far is for people who have iPads or iPhones to just go to the app store and get the readup app. And hopefully, uh, within just, you know, a few minutes on the app, people will find incredible articles, higher quality than anything else they can find anywhere. It's a hundred percent free. If you get in there and, and start joining the conversation, since we're still such a small community, there's like a 99% chance you're going to be chatting with me and Jeff and our friends and family. And, um, you know, it's it's still very small and very uh, intimate. But, yeah, readup.com is open for business. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks for being on Product Hunt Radio today. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Product Hunt Radio. I've got a favor to ask you. Will you take a minute to review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you're listening to us right now. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, share the podcast with your friends on Twitter and tag a guest you'd like to hear in a future episode. See you soon.